Bibles out tonight. Proverbs chapter number 18. Proverbs chapter number 18. And when you find it, let's go ahead and stand. Here's the good news. The good news is our senior class is having their cake auction tonight. And uh, if I do go over time, you don't have to leave to get something to eat. Amen? They're going to have it right here. So uh, there you go. Matter of fact, Brother John told me to preach extra 30 minutes tonight. That way you're really hungry and you'll really bid up the cakes. All right? No, he didn't really tell me that, but he doesn't mind if you bid up the cakes. All right? So bid them up. And uh, looking forward to a great time after the service with that. Um, but uh, have, a, uh, have something the Lord's laid on our heart tonight I want to share with you. And uh, looking forward to helping springboard into a very important week here at our church as we go into our week of service this week, as well as our City Sunday next Sunday morning. Very excited about that. And uh, I believe tonight's message and then Wednesday night's message are going to help propel us into that. We'll open our hearts to receive what God would have for us. Proverbs 18, go all the way to the end of the chapter, if you would. <coughs> Excuse me, Proverbs 18, verse 24. The Bible says, one verse we're going to read tonight, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I'm going to read that again. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Let's pray. Lord, I do thank you tonight for the great opportunity to hear from missionaries and, Lord, see what you're doing in that work. Lord, to hear great singing, Lord, as we sing about what you've done in our lives. And, Lord, I pray that you bless now the preaching as we look and see how you want to work through our lives. Thank you, Father, for giving us this great commission. And it truly is great. And we're thankful to be a part of it. Lord, I pray that you'd help us tonight as we go into a, an important week, Lord, a week that I hope there are many, many, many more of here in the weeks and months and years to come at our church where we reach into our community. And Lord, I pray you'd burden us tonight, help us leave here with one for us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to jump right into this if we could. If I could sum up what the upcoming week is all about for our church, we're calling this our, our week of service. It's really the first time, at least since I've been here. Uh, that we've done this, what we're calling our week of service. It's where every member that our church, I hope in some way, is going to have a burden to reach into our community this upcoming week. Uh, I pray that each and every one of us has coordinated with one of the groups. We have so many different groups in our church. They're going to be participating in different avenues and areas of ministry around Hattiesburg. I hope you've become a part of that, whether it be uh, maybe on the supplying end or maybe on the delivering end or the door knocking end of that. I hope that the Lord has already opened a door for you to be a part of that. And if he hasn't opened one yet, uh, maybe you're not looking, all right? Because he wants you to be a part of it. And there's plenty of opportunities this week to be a part of our week of service. Now, our week of service is building up toward next Sunday. Next Sunday is our city Sunday where we're inviting our city to come and be a part of our church. I hope that you have gotten your invitations by now. You've begun passing them out. Uh, I've told you that I, I pray that all of our people will pray for a burden of five people. Uh, that God will put five people on your heart that you're going to go to. Maybe it's the lady at Dollar General you talk to all the time when you go in there to get a gallon of, a gallon of milk. Uh, maybe it's someone at the UPS store. My wife and I were talking about that this afternoon. Uh, you get to know people when you go into stores a lot. Uh, and maybe it's someone that you've met that really you've never invited to church. City Sunday is a wonderful opportunity to you, for you to invite them to be a part of a great service that day. We're going to have great music that day. Uh, and then you can always entice them with food. Amen. Everybody likes food. And we'll have wonderful food trucks out here next Sunday and excited about joining uh, them for that and getting to know new people in our community through that. Now, 
Here's the burden tonight. The burden is that we all would be motivated as we go out this week, whether through the week of service or whether for City Sunday, that we are focused and have a burden on our Jerusalem. This is where God has called us. This is the city that our church is at. And it's our prayer that all of our people would leave here this week and go out with that burden to bring our city to come to our church and also to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, could I tell you tonight, that's God's design. It's God's design that we go to them. The missionary mentioned it a moment ago. It is our job to be the lighthouse here in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, but it's our job to go outside of these four walls and bring them to this place. How many times the scriptures of the Bible tell us to go into the highways and the hedges, to go ye into all the world. This is what our fathers called us to do. We can't expect them to come to us. The burden is ours to go to them. Now, folks, I want you to understand that tonight because we're going to talk about a burden for a few minutes. Uh, the problem tonight is our motivation has got to be fueled by a burden, and we don't have burdens like we used to could and like we used to do. We used to have burdens to go out in our community to bring the lost, not just to come to church. It's not about just filling these chairs up. It's about introducing them to the Savior that hopefully you already know. And if you know him, you love him, and you're thankful to him, and you want them to know him as well. But we've got to go to them. Romans 10, 14, what does it say? We know it well. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Verse 15, and how shall they preach except they be sent? And that is our job here. It's our job to leave these four walls that we help send missionaries around the world. But not only that, that we go and we bring them in. That's what we're called to do, right? Now, I pray tonight that each and every one of us will get a burden for that and get a burden to reach people. Now, here's the problem. I'm going to jump into the message. If you'll listen fast, I'll preach fast, okay? Remember, there's cake at the end. That'll, that'll help you hang on a little bit longer uh, because uh, if, uh, if you fall asleep, somebody's going to outbid you on a cake. I will not wake you up. You're going to miss out on it, all right? Here's the problem. We have this temptation, and, and it's all over our country. Uh, it's all over, I think, Christianity, not just in America, to where the temptation is to attract and to entertain, all right? This is the mindset of the modern church, that we do things, we have things, and don't get me wrong, I enjoy doing things, I enjoy having things. But that is not God's model, that we build the, the church through attraction, we build the church through addition, all right? Remember that tonight. You don't build a church through attraction. You build a church through addition. Acts chapter 2. The Bible says the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. I remember my dad years ago uh, when he was pastoring his first church. Uh, he was always just dropping little nuggets along the way to encourage his son, who, by the way, had no desire to be a pastor at the time. Uh, and I'm thinking, I appreciate the advice, Dad, but I'm not going to put that. I'm going to be an evangelist. I'm going to go into churches, start fires, and leave. That's what evangelists do. You know, they get to come in, fire everybody up, make everybody mad, and then leave. And then the pastor's there to clean it up. And never forget, my dad was telling me, I rode to him with, uh, to college one night there on Dito Road in Gulfport there at Temple when Brother Ferret was there. And uh, my dad says, son, you can't build a church on a Coke and hot dog operation. What it takes to get them there is what it's going to take to keep them there. Meaning you can't hope just to keep having stuff to attract people. Sooner or later, you've got to go win them and add them to the church. That's how Central Baptist Church was built. And that's how Central Baptist Church will continuing to be built by God's people going out. Now, as we look at this week of service and we look at this City Sunday that we're having, 
we've got to be motivated. We've got to be motivated, okay? You can't just be motivated because the pastor's preaching it. You can't just be motivated because you're afraid somebody's going to ask you who you invited and you didn't invite nobody. That can't be your motivation. Our motivation has got to be what it should always be, and that is a genuine burden to reach people. I'm afraid the church has lost their burden. We don't have the burden. I'm talking about all over this country, the burden to reach people. And so as we continue with our theme of ready in 2023, tonight let's look at this subject of being ready to reach. Being ready to reach. This morning we looked at the rush to be ready, but tonight we're going to look at this subject of being ready to reach. And we're going to look at verse 24 and 24 alone on how we can have that burden that we need to reach people and to bring people to Christ. Look at verse 24, if we will. I'm going to talk fast, so stick with me, and, uh, and maybe you'll survive the famish and get some food before too late, all right? Verse 24, the Bible says, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. I want you to notice two words right here in the very first part of verse 24. A man that, now watch this, hath friends. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Now, I want you to notice what's driving the burden and the desire to reach people. What should drive us? What should motivate us? What should be our burden to go out and reach people? Now, watch what verse 24 says. A man that hath. A man that hath. Now, getting ready to reach people begins with number one tonight. It's the burden to have. It is the burden to have. If a man desires to have friends, I want to have friends in my life. You know what he's motivated by? He's motivated by what he doesn't have, but what he wants to have. Now, how many of you in here tonight can honestly say you have a friend in this world? Raise your hand. All right? All right, if you're not raising your hand, I'll get you one. All right? I've got some lonely people in this church that need a friend too. I'll pair you guys up, and y'all can be coffee buddies uh, the rest of your life. Can I tell you, listen, if you're missing something, that is the greatest motivation and it's the greatest burden to reach out for that. It's you're missing that. You're lacking that in your life. Now understand this tonight. As the church, what should motivate us tonight is by what we are missing. There are people that are missing from this church who need to be a part of this church. There are people in Hattiesburg and Petal and Oak Grove and Purvis and all over our region who need a church just like this one. And you know what ought to motivate us? The motivation to have people that need to be a part of this church, who need what this church has to offer. Now you say, what does this church have to offer? I don't know. You tell me, what has this church meant to you? Think about that. You know, sometimes a church is like a hospital. It's a place of healing. Well, the world can be a rough place to live in, can it? You get beat up. You get bruised up. You need healing. Can I tell you, our church needs to have our doors wide open to have some people who need to come in here and get healing. There's people out there who need it. If you needed it and you found it here, that ought to be your motivation. That, hey, there's some people that we need to have here. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. We're missing something tonight. There are people tonight who are looking for answers. This church, maybe for some of you, has been a place where you have found some answers. Maybe this church has been a place where it's giving you questions. Hey, sometimes that's not a bad thing either. But you come to the house of God and you find answers. Maybe you're finding direction. There's people who need what this church has, and our burden is a burden to have. There are people that we need to have here. 
There are people who are searching and confused and doubtful and fearful. There are people that are lost and on their way to hell, and we need to have them here. They need to be here. They need to hear the good news that Jesus died for them just like he died for you. They need to hear the good news that there are answers. There is hope. There is joy. There is peace. But you'll only find it through the Prince of Peace, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, what should motivate us tonight is to have a burden to have. The other day I was in the grocery store. I was behind a lady with a buggy and had a little kid there in the, in the front of the buggy. And uh, they're smart. They put toys right there at the checkout. Uh, they're smart. They put candy bars there for adults, and they put toys there for the kids. And this little kid, they had all these little toys. Now they put toys in chocolate. I mean, brilliant. Brilliant marketing strategy there. And it's all there, and so you're sitting in line. I think the checkout ladies are trained to go slow. That way, you know, you're sitting there, and you're getting hungry, and you're like, yeah, give me a Snicker bar. And so you buy that Snicker bar while you're there. And this kid was reaching as far as his hands would humanly take him. He was trying to get his hands on one of those chocolate eggs that have uh, toys on the inside of them. And he was reaching and stretching as far as he could. Do you know why he was reaching? He was reaching for something he didn't have. And that's what was motivating him to reach. You know what ought to motivate us this week? We go out, we have our invitations, inviting people to be our guests this week at uh, our, our week of service and for our city Sunday. What ought to motivate us to reach out and to reach into Hattiesburg is the fact that there's some people we don't have yet. There's some people we haven't reached yet. Think about it this way. In 2022, Debt.org website reported that the American household debt is at $14.6 trillion. That's a lot of zeros. I counted them. That's nine. One, four, six, followed by nine zeros. That's an average, including mortgages, of $90,460 per family, including $7,279 on average of credit card debt. You know what we call that? When we spend more than we make, it's called overextending. That means, you know, I, I saw something I wanted and something that I liked, and I overextended myself for that. I overreached a little bit, all right? Maybe I really wanted that bass boat, or maybe you really wanted that new shotgun, or maybe you really wanted to go on vacation. And so what did you do? You overreached. Why did you overreach? Because it was something you didn't have. Oh, that God's people tonight would get a greater burden for the people that we need to reach than the things we need to reach. Think about it. Think about the loopholes that we jump through and the budget numbers that we rearrange and the meals that we skip and the things that we miss out on. Why? I gotta have that new fishing pole. Sorry, ladies. I don't know what it is you spend your money on. I need a new blow dryer. That's what it is. You know, those things get expensive, and I, I'm going to save for this. And we find a way to reach the things we don't have. Oh, tonight. Oh, tonight. If only we'd find that kind of burden to reach the people we don't have. What does the Bible say? A man that hath friends. The burden tonight is to have. Now, think about this. Luke chapter 14, verse 22. In the parable of the Great Supper, he sent them out to bring people into the supper. And I want you to listen to the response the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room, and yet there is room. Do you know what that means? Look, watch this tonight. We got a good crowd tonight, had a good crowd this morning, good spirit this morning, but I look out and there's empty chairs tonight. Do you know what that means? Yet there's room. 
You know what made motivate us, uh, the burden that ought to motivate us to get out there in Hattiesburg this week and knock some doors, invite people to be a part of City Sunday because there's room. Hey, there's more people we can have in here. What a shame it would be to have all of it. And look, the balcony is near about empty tonight. There's people we could fill up the balcony. That's what ought to motivate us tonight. Hey, we have room. That means we need to have more people. But we've got to have a burden to have them. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. The burden tonight is simply to have. Now, I want you to think about what Paul said. It's easy for us to give all of these excuses on why we are not burdened to go reach people. Well, here's what we say. That's just not my personality. Now, look, I get it. Sometimes we're introverted people. Believe it or not, I used to be an introvert before I surrendered my life to Christ. And now, look, I am a miracle. <laughs> You're thinking, yep. <laughs> I used to didn't like to talk. I, I've told you this before. My dad asked me to leave to sing, and I asked him, could I take a spanking? I did. True? Dad says, son, I'd like you to get up here and lead the singing. I'm like, can I take the spanking? You know? I don't want to lead the singing. I don't want to be in front of people. I don't want to talk to people. And look what God did to me. Now you can't shut me up. It's a miracle. God's still working in America. Amen? You say, well, that's not my personality. Can I tell you what Paul said? Turn with me real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I want to show you something real quick. Stick with me, all right? 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. And let's look down uh, for the sake of time. Let's go to verse 19. All right, I still hear pages turning, so wait a minute. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19, For though I be free from all men, yet I have I made myself servant unto all, that I might what? What is this next word? That I might gain the more. Now Paul says, I did something that I might gain the more. Could we say gain the more means have more? Is that what he's saying? Now, what did he do? Well, here's what he did in verse 20. And unto the Jews, I became as a Jew. <laughs> I know what you're thinking tonight. i got to learn how to act like a Jew? No, that's not what he's saying, all right? That I might gain the Jews to them that are under the law, as under the law that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, as without the law, being not without the law of God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Could we not say that save some meant to have some? Paul says, look, I want you to know this wasn't who I was, but this is what I was willing to do so that I could have more. You know, tonight we can't use the excuse that's not my personality. Now look, I understand it takes time to grow into some things. I know confrontational soul winning is kind of a frightening thing to people. Hey, that's fine. You ought to just invite your neighbor. Hey, would you be my guest? We're having a special service. Would you just come and be my guest? you got to start somewhere. Why? That we might save some. By the way, aren't you glad you're one of the ones who got saved? Aren't you glad that you're one of the ones who got gained? Now, there's people who need what you have. How do we have that? How do we get ready to reach people? Number one, it's a burden to have. I read a story of Brother Sneeder, and you may, you may have heard this. Uh, it's about a Hindu man by the name of Sadhu Sundar. Sadhu Sundar was a Hindu convert in India who came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. True story. He was later called to go back into India to reach the Hindus for Christ. He was winding down a mountain road in the Himalayas. It was very cold, obviously out there at Mount Everest in that region, very cold area. And they're winding down the road, and on the road, he ran into a monk that was traveling the very same road. 
they decided to walk together. Yes, a Hindu and a Christian could walk together, and nobody pushed anybody off the cliff. All right? I know that's surprising, but they did. And they're walking down this road, and they begin to hear a cry, a faint cry in the distance. Someone help me. Someone help me. They went over to the edge of the cliff, looked down, and Sadhu saw this man who had slipped down the edge of the cliff and was crying out for help. He looked at his Hindu monk friend and he says, let's go down and help him. He says, no, his fate has been decided by God. Leave him alone. If he gets out, it is on his own. Sadhu says, I can't do that. He says, I'm going to do my best. The Hindu monk went on walking down the path, that frozen trail, all the way up to the monastery where he lived. Sadhu goes down, lowers himself down as far as he could get. He takes off his cloak, turns it into a harness, and slowly carries the man back up to the trail in the mountains of the Himalayas. By the time he got back up to the trail, he was hot and sweaty. He was just burning up from carrying that man all the way up in spite of the cold weather that was out there. He got on the trail and began walking up the very same trail the monk had walked on, trying to make it to the monastery to get the man help for the wounds that he had. Right before he got to the monastery, he tripped over something in the snow. He raked away the snow to figure out what it was, and it was the body of his friend, the monk, who had frozen before he could ever make it to the steps of the monastery. Sadhu began realizing that had he not climbed down to help his friend, he would have not built up the warmth that was needed for him to make it to the monastery alive. He was asked later in his life this story. He was asked by someone, what is life's most difficult task? His reply was this, and I quote, to have no burden to carry. The most difficult thing in life for a Christian is not having a burden to carry. We are called to carry a burden. We're called to carry a burden for this Jerusalem called Hattiesburg that God has placed our church. We're called to Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. We do that through mission. But where does it begin? Number one, it begins with a burden to have. Number two, look at verse 24, a man that hath. We want to have what we don't, right? If we're going to have friends, we, we've got to be motivated by what we're missing. A man that hath friends, now watch this, the Bible says, must show himself friendly. Must show himself friendly. Now, what you're going to see here in this next point, in verse 24, is you really begin to see what a burden looks like. I believe tonight, we've been raised around religion for so long, and we know a lot of religious things and churchy things to say. That we understand what a burden is, and it's something we have on our mind, but it's not something we have on our mission. A burden is not just something you have on a man, I am just worried about those people in India, man, that's just a shame. People, people born in, in Hinduism and not hearing a true presentation of the gospel, man, I'm just, you know, that's, that's a sad thing. That's a burden that's on your mind. And I'm afraid that's probably as far as the burden in the church goes today. It's on our mind, and yes, we give dollars to missions, and I'm thankful for that, but I want you to show you something tonight about the burden to have friends. The Bible says, a man that hath friends must. Number one tonight, we see this is a burden to have. Number two, I want you to notice, this is a burden that's a must. This kind of a burden is a must. Look, reaching Hattiesburg can't just be something on your mind. It must cross the line of being something that's bottled up in your heart where you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm really burdened. I mean, we had a shooting in the food court of Turtle Creek Mall. Teenagers shooting it out 
in Turtle Creek Mall. Listen, we're not talking about Compton. We're not talking about Los Angeles. We're talking about Hattiesburg, Mississippi, in the middle of the Bible Belt. And we've got teenagers shooting each other in the mall. Can I tell you something? Our town needs what we have to offer, but the problem is the burden is on our mind, but the burden hasn't become a must. We've got to get to the place where the burden leaves our hearts and actually starts coming out in our hands when we go to our neighbor and say, I'd like to invite you to be a part of our city Sunday this upcoming, upcoming week at our church. It's got to be a must. I believe the type of burden so many of us have tonight, I believe it's genuine. It just doesn't go far enough. Mark chapter 5, we know about the demoniac. Uh, one of my favorite characters in the Bible. I can't wait to meet him in heaven. I know he's not going to look like what I think he looks like. Because I always picture him like this booger monster. Really do. And then he got saved. Then I start picturing Mr. Rogers sitting on a rock there and Jesus talking to him. And he, he's sitting clothed in his right mind. He probably had the hush puppy shoes and the sweater like Mr. Rogers. That's just how I picture him. I know he's going to look nothing like that. Uh, but that's how I picture it in my head. And so it's my head. That's how I want to picture it. That's how I'm going to picture it. He got saved. He's sitting there clothed in his right mind. And Jesus gets ready to load up. He says, all right, it's time to go, guys. What does he do? He goes, jumps in the boat. I don't think he got all the way in the boat, but I think he put his foot over in the boat. And, and then Jesus said, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want you to go with us. What did he say, Mark 5, 19? Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, go home. Let that sink in. Go home. That's his Jerusalem. Go home. And tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee. And hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. You know what, I, what motivates me about this guy? Man, right after he got saved, something inside of him says, I must. I must. I'm, I, I got to go with you. Look, this guy, I don't think any of us in here have the testimony this guy had. I mean, look, maybe you had a rough past. I don't think that you were as rough as his. Living in the graveyard, running through the tombs, I mean, scaring the townsfolk half to death. And now he got saved, and now he knows what he got, and he wants what he has to be something everybody else has. He says, I must go tell people. It's amazing. We brag on our doctors, don't we? Man, I got to tell you, that chiropractor, I've never been to a chiropractor, but those of you who do, I hear you talk about it all the time. Man, he just worked wonders in my life. My brother, they have a little newborn baby. They take their baby to the chiropractor. It says, it helps. Chiropractors are miracle workers, evidently. And we talk about our doctor. Well, you got to go see my doctor. Maybe it's a new restaurant in town. You know, new sushi place opens up across town. You got to try their sushi. But can I ask you, how often do we must how often do we must bring people to Christ? I must. I must. He that hath friends, a man that hath friends, must. Look, here is something that he's missing. And he says, the only way I'm going to have what I'm missing is to have a little bit of must inside of my heart. All right? I got to have some motivation that this is something that God would have me to do. This morning I told you about Pastor Brooks back from the 1800s. Found another quote of his just this afternoon. He says, pray not for lighter burdens but for stronger backs. I read that. You ever just slump down in your chair and, and realize you are a miserable excuse for a Christian? Anybody else right there with me? I read about these, man, these, these men of God, and he was uh, 
I think it was at Trinity Church, Pastor Brooks was back in the late 1800s. I think it was Episcopalian or something. I, I can't recall. He says prayer was not for lighter burdens, but for stronger backs. And how often do we just not even want the burden? I wish God would just take that away. I, I wish I didn't wonder whether or not they're going to heaven or hell. This neighbor over here and the guy that I work with over here, I wonder if he's going to heaven. I wish I, w- I, wish I didn't have that. And yet he was praying for stronger backs to carry the burden that God had given them. You know what I believe he had? He had some of that, what verse 24 says. I believe he must. He must. Acts chapter 4, Peter and John, you know, they've been persecuted for doing the will of God, preaching the will of God and the word of God. They were charged not to preach it again. At that point, a lot of us would say, you know, I did my part, right? I did what you want me to do. I got arrested for it. And now they're being threatened again. I want you to listen to their prayer in verse 29 of Acts 4. Now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. You notice they didn't ask for a lighter burden, they asked for boldness for the burden. Man, if only God, listen tonight, could show us what he sees, people dying and going to hell, families falling apart, young people being lost. Perhaps tonight we would have that kind of burden, but can I, can I tell you this? At some point, you've got to have the boldness for the burden. You've got to say, God, I, I, I see the need, and, and Lord, I'm worried about them. God, I need boldness. You know what my prayer tonight during the invitation time is going to be? God, give us the boldness for the burden. Don't take away the burden. Give us the boldness for it. Uh, I, uh, I try to find creative ways to talk to people about the Lord. Sometimes I fall flat. Sometimes I try to, you know, just be kind of funny and, and jokingly slip the gospel in there. And sometimes they're just looking at me like not working. And it makes me want to go back into my shell like a turtle. Like, all right, I ain't coming back out for six months to witness to anybody. Why? Because I got my feelings hurt. Can I tell you, our feelings are going to be hurt a whole lot worse when we stand at the judgment seat of Christ and realize there were people that God had given us a burden for, but we didn't have a boldness for God, give us the boldness to go and to invite someone to share the gospel with them, to let them know, hey, number one, Central Baptist Church loves you, but even better than that, Jesus Christ loves you, he died for you, and he wants you to spend eternity in heaven with him. God, give us the boldness for that. Where does it come from? Number two, the burden is a must. Last week, we had a missionary, I will not call his name, obviously, because he's going to a sensitive area, and last Sunday night, he sat right over here and had a table right over here, and He's going to a, a tough, tough place where he could lose his life for what God's called him to do. It wasn't his burden so genuine. I went and talked with him after the service, and he gave me one of the Bibles for the country that he's going to. And he looked at me, and he says, Pastor, these are my people. These are my people. He said, this Bible that we had printed, he says, it's waterproof for like four weeks. He says, they can stay out in the weather for like four weeks. He says, that way they can find the Bible you know how he's getting the Bibles into the country. I'll not repeat it on our live stream, but you know how he's getting the Bibles in there and radio broadcast. He says, Pastor, he says, and then I'm going to start this refugee church over in London because there's a lot of refugees over there. He says, I've got to get that college started before I die. I said, well, are you sick? He says, no. He said, but that's the burden God's given me. I've got to get it done before this life is over. And I just sat there looking at that man thinking, wow, he must he must. 
Getting the gospel out is not optional to him. He will fly it in, float it in, broadcast it in. It didn't matter. It was a must to him. And you know what stops us? A barking dog. Don't get me wrong. I don't like barking dogs. There's one I'd like to shoot right now. Inside joke. But I'll tell you, we give up too easy. Tonight, souls being saved needs to be a must. It's not optional. Lives being changed, families being healed, young people finding direction. That should be a must to us tonight. All right? I'm thankful for all the things we get to do here at our church. But the burden tonight has got to be a must to reach people. Verse 24, a man that hath friends. All right? You want something that you don't have. So how do you get that? You must. Okay? You must. I remember my mom and dad as a kid teaching me how to make friends. You know? You come home from school, you're like, well, nobody likes me. And you're like, well, I'm not surprised. Believe it or not, there are a few people who like me. And mom would say, well, have you talked to them? No. Well, how do you know they don't like you? Because they hadn't talked to me. Well, maybe they're thinking the same thing you're thinking, that you don't like them. They come home from school and tell their mom, I don't have any friends, nobody likes me. Well, have you talked to them? No. And we're having this standoff. Well, the truth of the matter is, we love them and and they want to love us. The problem is, watch, the burden's not theirs to make friends with us. The burden's ours to make friends with them. We're the ones who are called to go out of this place and we go to the highways and hedges and compel them. The church is not very good with making friends. All right, we make enemies quicker than we make friends. The truth of the matter is tonight, we've got something they need and we're waiting for them to come to us to get it. And we think we can have fun stuff, nothing wrong with fun stuff. I enjoy fun. We think we can have enough fun stuff to attract people when that's not what God said. God says, go get them and go bring them in. Number two, the burden has to be a must. And I'll close with this, verse 24. A man that hath friends, all right? The burden is to have. There's people that we need to have here. How do we do that? Well, the burden's got to be a must. It's a must. It's not optional. It's part of our mission is what we're called to. The Bible says a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. I want you to notice, what's the question of what he must do? A man that hath friends must. What's the question? What must he do? Well, notice the Bible says, show himself friendly. Now, just in case it's not clear enough already, I want you to notice number three, the burden is to show. The burden is to show. Now, think about it this way. For the Christian, our burden really is nothing less than a burden of proof. That, that is our burden. We have the burden of proof. You can't say, well, I'm just waiting on them to come and to say, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Wouldn't that be wonderful? We could open up a kiosk out front like one of those, you know, like, like, like they have at the ball games, you know, like one of those little ticket booths and we could have somebody there with a microphone that they would line up out front, sirs, what must I do to be saved? All right, I'm going to connect you with our agent over here and they're going to show you how you can come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That'd be great. Man, would it be great if they just flocked to us? It's not going to happen that way. That's why he says we have to go. Now, what are we doing when we go? Well, we should go with the burden to show them something. It's a burden of proof. Now, here's what's interesting. A man that hath, what's the next word? Friends, must show himself friendly. Now, notice this. What he is saying that he needs must match 
what he's showing. A man that hath friends, that's what I want, must show himself friendly. Notice they need to match. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Can I tell you tonight, we have a burden of proof as we go out into this community this week. We carry a burden to prove we are who God says we are, and we have the opportunity to shine the light. What did he say? Let your light so shine before men. By the way, I don't think he was talking about just the ones inside the four walls of our church. Let your light so shine before men that they may what? See. You see, you're showing them something. I'm afraid... Uh, We don't have much of a burden to show people anything. As a matter of fact, we probably show them things we don't need to show them. I don't know about you. I'm burdened for Hattiesburg. We have a sign. Our new sign is going to go up throughout our building this week. We have directional signing, classroom signing. Uh, I'm excited about our our signage to be going up for for City Sunday. One of the signs we're going to have go up right over here in the foyer is a map of Hattiesburg. It's about yay big. It'll go up on the wall. I'm burdened for Hattiesburg. This is where God's called me. And if this is your church, this is where God's called you to. You know what? We've got something to show Hattiesburg. We've got something to show them. And oh, it's unlike anything they've ever seen if they've never trusted Christ before. Now, I want you to hear what Paul said. The Bible says, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayer. Notice it said, holding fast the faithful word to convince. Holding fast the faithful word to convince. What does that mean? Watch. Holding fast the faithful word means letting it match. Be faithful. I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to be faithful. Why? Because I've got something to show them. Why? Because they need to be convinced. I'll give you this. This week we're going out and we've got people going to cancer clinics. We've got people going to hospitals. Uh, We've got people going to municipalities downtown. We've got people going to Dollar Generals all over this town. Central Baptist Church is going to reach. I'm so excited about it. I look forward. I love the shirts that our shirts made up. I hope you got one. If you didn't, uh, maybe next go around in the fall. Uh, And we're going to show them the love of Christ by also showing them the love of Christ, not just through the gospel, but through different ways. We have people taking cookies tomorrow. Uh, we're going to bust up in the Dollar General, all right? Not we're going to bust up in there, but we're going to walk in there nice and uh, unoffensively. And we're going to give, we got these little boxes being made. We're going to show them we love them. We're going to show them something. There's a church in this town that loves you. Now, why is that important? Well, I'm going to give you this illustration before we close. I had a meeting with someone this week about a spiritual matter. And um, after we talked for a little while, I said, I'm, I'm going to pray with you and I'm going to keep praying for you about this matter. And the person said, I know you will. I know you will. I'm like, well, thank you. That's nice to have have confidence in you. He says, you know how I know? I says, how do you know? He says, because you asked me about my back the other day. I was having some back problems. You asked about my back. And you told me you were praying for my back. And I know if you'd pray for my back that you mean it when you said you'll pray about the spiritual matter. Can I tell you, look, it's not always just shoving a track in somebody's face. You can show them the love of Christ in so many ways. Something as simple as praying for somebody's back. I believe what's got to motivate us this week in our week of service and then City Sunday coming up, it's got to be a genuine burden. What is the burden? It's very simple. 
burden to have. There's people that we need to have here. All right, it's a burden that's a must. It can't be a burden that's just on our mind. It's got to be a burden that's part of our mission. But then it's a burden to show. Look, this is not just a burden that say, well, I'm going to pray for you. No, I'm going to show you the love of Christ. And we have such an opportunity to do that this week. Here's what I think we need in way of invitation. I think we need to ask God to either refresh our burden or give us a new one. Refresh that burden. God, would you weight me down with the thought of people that we need to have people that we must go to, and that people that need to see something that we have. Tonight, why don't we pray that God would give us a burden during this invitation time? Let's pray together. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. Let's stand. Heads are bowed.